Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. Also featuring book nerd, Jessica Butcher. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time, they are three book girls! Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Three Book Girls. <laughs> this is not Delilah. <laughs> jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Damn it, Nicole. I thought we were going to get by this just one time without talking about Christmas. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one horse open. Listen, sleigh. you need to put your balls away because we're done talking about that this week. Martha put a Christmas CD on my desk, but I don't actually I like did. Christmas music. So I think I'm going to give it to Leah because she sent us a text message this morning in our little group text. Saying that she was secretly listening to a Christmas playlist on her way to work. So I might give it to Leah. Well, so you've been so Christmassy lately, I thought you might. I don't really like Christmas music. I don't really like early Christmas. I love Christmas music. And the Grinch is out. How do you not like The new Grinch movie. When you work in radio for as long as I have, you don't like Christmas music. I'm sorry. Actually, you know how they released that article saying uh, decorating for Christmas makes you happier? Yeah. They released another article saying listening to Christmas music can actually uh, make you depressed. Yay! (laughs) Vindicated! (laughs) So, I don't decorate for Christmas early, but sometimes I'll listen to Christmas music. What are you trying to say? I don't know. Ask those scientists (laughs) conducting these studies. (laughs) We we really should start out by introducing our guest tonight, J.O. Young. Hello. Hello. She is a local author who has generously consented to come on the podcast and let us haze her. (laughs) 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 Woohoo! You're a brave girl, (laughs) J.O. I'm worried for you. (laughs) Oh, it won't be so bad. It'll be fine. Says the hazer, not the hazy. Well, I'm the one that bought the book, though. (laughs) I'm the one that went out and discovered the book, so I'll be nicer to her because of it. Maybe. (laughs) She's the one that invited her into this hell. (laughs) Yeah, she'll be blaming me later. (laughs) Uh, Vonnie, they're not listening to Christmas music in your office, are they? No, they are not. It's a new office. She's only been there a week. Right. And they listen to country music in the office, which is okay. I'm just... I'm not a fan of it. Most of the time, I, it's just background noise, which I will have to say, it's better to have some noise than none whatsoever because, you know, mm-hmm. that sucks. And But <clears throat> because I don't listen to country music, I can't tell you what song this is or who sings it, but there's one song that plays a lot, and the only part that I catch of it is... Mm, motorboatin'. Oh, my God. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And I am not thinking about what they do on a lake. Oh, you know the song. Yeah, I actually like country music, but that <gasps> song is ridiculous. And I hate because it's talking. Well, one, it's talking about summer and then it's freaking snowing outside. And I'm like, motherfuckers, take this song off the radio. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's seasonal. Just, yes. <laughs> I had no idea you're a country music fan. I learned something new about you. I like you. lots of music, in countries included, except they're really ridiculous. 
like Red Solo Cup. Come on, guys, get get some real emotions and yeah, but that's life just events a funny into your song. more like I know. It's just a funny more like yeah. I love my truck. Yeah, that it's one too. right outside. <laughs> Martha should not. They do. <laughs> they do have one about pickup trucks that Toby Keith sings because my son listens to country music. So I don't know what you did wrong with that one. I, but I'm not sure. I think I'm just whoa, saying. I blame the, nothing wrong with country music. I blame the town that we grew up or that he grew up in. Tuttle, Oklahoma. Yeah, which is an awesome town, but everybody's wanting to be a cowboy from that. So motorboat. How do you say that? Motorboat. That's about right. I mean, it plays like three or four times every day. So you're sitting at your desk. And every time it does, I'm like... <laughs> so, so you're, you're channeling Beavis and Butthead, and you're. Right. <laughs> it's just, and I mean, I know that's not what the song is about, but how many times have you heard something, and all you hear is just a little bit of the conversation? You're oh, like, that happens to me mm-hmm. every damn day. Yeah. I walked by Nicole's office today. Yes, we were in the middle of a serious conversation about somebody getting their shit together, and Martha like pokes her head in, and she said, "Did you t- say ask if that was twelve inches long?" <laughs> no, but it was because Leah was holding her hands up. In, we were talking about in, a poster in measurement, and she said, "She said something about twelve inches." And Leah went, is this 12 inches? <laughs> but it was literally like this long. Yeah, too. It was like her hands like a yardstick apart. I was like, Leah, have you ever seen a ruler? <laughs> That's 12 inches. And she was like, uh, yeah, so like this. And I was like, no, Leah, like... That's I why I inter- paper. Like that's this. why like, that's I had ten to, inches. That's why I had to interrupt because that's hilarious. And I said, I'm Martha, saying, go on, <laughs> get out of my office. <laughs> uh, there, that happens to me a lot, though. I can't help it if I hear just a snippet of conversation that sounds slightly dirty. I'm there. Yeah. What's really <laughs> bad is when kids say stuff, and in your mm-hmm. mind you're thinking. But you can't say anything to them and you don't want to point it out to them that it's a bad thing to say because they don't mean anything by it. And you don't want them to be self-conscious. But Mm -hmm. yeah, like we were writing down stories uh, about what we're thankful for for Thanksgiving. Uh And one of mine said they were thankful for their balls. (laughs) 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 Most guys are thankful for their balls. He's way ahead of his classmates on that yes. one. He's, be, he's out there being honest. <laughs> Little but boys. But of course he didn't mean. No, no, he made, He loves basketball. So yeah. he was. His sports balls. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. I like how we're clarifying sports balls now. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. now I think sports balls. And I would. Sports balls. I would quite often tell him, Tyler, I am tripping over your balls. Pick them up. <laughs> now, and once he got older he would you know (laughs) 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 but that never changes that they do that forever then after Mm -hmm. he still does that. so when they're four it's fun yes yeah when they don't know but when they're eight it's not funny anymore (laughs) because i think that's one of the reasons why i like spongebob so much is because there were so many innuendos in there that little kids don't catch but adults do Mm. (laughs) then you're sitting there trying to you're laughing and they're laughing, but they don't know why you're laughing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you you have to kind of like do it on the down low. You're like, oh, wow, that's so exciting. 
I was like, I used to watch Ren and Stimpy growing up, and then I went back and watched it again. I was like, oh, wow, I had no idea. Yes, Ren and Stimpy was particularly interesting. I loved Ren and Stimpy, though. Mm-hmm. Those big old nostrils flaring out. We're watching any Disney movie now that I'm an adult. Well, Disney movies don't traditionally have as many innuendos but in they them. still have they them. still have mm-hmm. and in lion king they're like if you look in the clouds on one section they're like two lions literally having sex <gasps> is it really yeah no way like lion like disney movies are actually super dirty if you sit there and listen and if you know where to like what to watch so maybe what you're saying mm-hmm. is that when you go to college instead of watching um uh, whatever show on TV and then drink when they say something, you really should be watching Disney movies and finding the dirty bits and drinking all the while. Well, really, you could just do it easier and just read the list on Google of all the... I, I know, but the drinking game is more fun. fun. The drinking. It's all about the drinking when you're in college, I guess. I didn't go to college as a young person. I went to college as an adult, so I kind of missed out on that whole party culture thing. I mean, anytime that we want to do it, we could... Take a trip back to our college. Days. Maybe we should. <laughs> I mean, I went back. I went to college in my thirties too, so you know. So maybe we should have a. Um, we need to have um, a reunion, a college reunion for people who didn't go to college. For people who went to college when they were thirty. <laughs> <laughs> so that way we can do all the stuff that we should have done when we were in college. Exactly. Well, not everything. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we might get in trouble for some of that stuff. We used to do last chance prom. Last chance prom, like during during college? No. For, like for adults? adults. For can a you, while? Can you wear cheesy, no. gaudy, for kids? awful? <laughs> you can wear it whenever you want. It's last chance prom. Martha, can I be your day and wear a really gaudy tux? That would be so awesome, dude. I I'll would make love it, for you to be I'll my I'll make day. it powder blue and ruffled. Okay, well then I'm going <laughs> to wear... With a bow tie. Well then I'll, <laughs> I'll wear the orange tux then. There and we you can go. be dumb and dumber. Oh. All right. <laughs> I mean, I might be able to get my hair to look like one of theirs. You know what? It fits. Because yeah. your hair's that color and my hair's the color of... Um, Jeff, Jeff Daniels. Daniels. Jeff Dan- yeah. I have Jeff Daniels hair. I don't, I'm not cutting it that short. Oh, come <laughs> To be on. Jim Carrey. Damn it. I might be able, I mean, I made it look like Tom Hanks. So That's surely true. I can make it look like Jim Carrey. Stop calling me Shirley. Cripes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, it is. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> oh, yes. Jack Reacher. Okay. We've talked about this previously on the podcast. Has anybody read any of Lee Childs's um, Jack Reacher books? No. Mm-mm. Okay. Am I the only one, Nicole? Which book? Jack Reacher? <clears throat> yeah, I've never heard that. Okay. But my mom loves it for okay. some reason, which yeah. is weird. You'd be surprised. There was a, there's a lady at our um, library, Jane, who absolutely loves... Jane likes... Jane loves wow. Jack Reacher. She That's does. Unexpected. I know. So we've had great conversations about Jack Reacher. And when they originally put the movie out, we were absolutely disgusted at their choice of Tom Cruise. Yeah. And the reason why is Jack Reacher as a character is six feet five inches oh. tall and 275 pounds. Oh, He's wow. a huge guy. He's big, massive, looming dude, right? And the character, it's everything in the book. Mm. So they get Tom Cruise, little five foot seven you know, 150 pounds sure soaking wet. He is five foot seven. He's <laughs> really? the, he's my height, huh. and he's very um, 
sensitive about his height. He was, and he wasn't the one who was walked on like stilts or platforms with Nicole Kidman. And yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. What movie was that? I don't remember. It was a race car movie, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I don't remember the movie, but he's very yeah, sensitive it about it. So this last week, there was an article where there's an interview with Lee Child where he was talking about it's in the works to do a Jack Reacher television series on oh. Netflix or you know one of the other networks channels, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were asking him about that. And he had said that they're going to cast somebody else in the role because it's because Tom Cruise is not tall enough. Oh, he said it in the article. Who said, said that? Lee Child, the guy who wrote the book. Oh. He said not. He said at the time I was concerned about it. And then all the fans came out right away when they cast him before the movie had even started. People yeah. were pissed off. Because it's so much a part of the book that he's such a big guy. Yeah. So I, if you get a chance to look at that article too, because when the author actually says something like that, you kind of go, it makes you feel good because I, that was the first thing I said when they cast Tom Cruise. I'm like, oh no, really? <laughs> he's totally not right for that part. Sort of like putting Tom Cruise in the part of um, Anne Rice's uh, interview with the vampire. It wasn't he Lestat or something? Yeah. yeah. Ridiculous choice. Yeah, when I read the book, he wasn't anything. No. Really? Yeah. Lestat no. was supposed to be um, French. No. Yeah. Tall, blonde. And then they put Tom Cruise in a blonde wig. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> Not sorry. Bonnie, would you like to grace us with your literary presence? Sure. I read... Um, a Little Life by Hanya Yanagihara. I don't know if that's right. That's anyway, okay. She'll forgive you. This is a book. Somebody tagged me in a book list for very long books because I've read Pillars the, of the Earth. Pillars of the Earth and a lot of other very lengthy piece. Yeah. Lengthy books. So and I was like, oh, well, I'll check it out and see. I mean, I know it was for a joke, but I found a book on it and I read it. <laughs> I had no idea that that's where you found it. That's where I found it. (laughs) And they were like, Bonnie, look, you like big books and you cannot lie. You know, I got that song stuck in my head. Thanks. (laughs) I like big books and I cannot lie. (laughs) And it was very much a heart-wrenching book. So let me bring the um, whole room down about 15 notches because this book was... Very sad. I mean, I almost cried reading this book. You almost cried? No freaking way. Yes. I'm serious. Whoa. That hardly ever happens. I mean, I cry. I don't think I've ever cried when I've read a book. I cry when reading books. I just never tell you guys about it. (laughs) (laughs) Because we would mock you. Yes, you would. (laughs) Listen, I did not cry when Ol' Yeller died. What? I didn't didn't cry when Ol' Yeller died. Man, you're you're really... Seriously. I mean, it was Cold, sad. Man. Okay, back to my book. Okay. Okay, A Little Life. I want to say that this won a prize, but it might be a different book by the same author that won a prize. But I thought it was well-written, and it really keeps you in the story. It draws you in. It really does when you're reading it. And it's about four friends who met in college. They all live in New York City, and they all kind of come from different backgrounds. As the story goes on, You learn a little bit about all four of them. 
but it kind of narrows down as you get further into the book about two characters. And the one character that they talk about the most is a young man, or at least was at this part of the book, because they go through their whole lives. I mean, from the time they're little? Well, from college age, because college college is when they first met. Okay. Okay. That's when they all became friends. And I mean, they're completely different people. Because one's like a lawyer, one's an architect, one's like an artist, and I can't remember what the other one does. But they're very different people, come from different backgrounds. But the the person that they focus the most about is a gentleman who was actually left in a dumpster outside a monastery when he was first born and found by monks. Damn. Mm -hmm. So he never knows... His parents, obviously. And the monks, he lives in the monastery and with the monks for a long time. And the monks are not very nice. They are not nice people. They are very strict and believe in punishment. And there's one monk who's nice to him and ends up like putting him almost into like human trafficking. A human no. trafficking situation because he leaves the monastery because all of the the monks are mean and they they beat him and they, you know, if he's bad, he's not allowed to eat. And he has, to, I mean, they're like, wow. <laughs> and so this one specific monk who's nice to him, he trusts him and he's, you know, so he wants to go with him, he wants him to be like a father figure. You got to remember, oh. he doesn't have parents. He doesn't know who his parents is. He doesn't have any role models. Oh. All he has is a bunch of monks who tell him what to do, where to go, what to learn. God, no wonder you cried. And oh. so this is this little boy's life. And you got to remember, he's he's young when all of this happens. And so this one monk tells him that they're going to run away and he, they're going to be family. And since he wants that so bad, he runs away with this monk. And then... The monk whores him out? Wait, kind of. Mm. But, and then, of course, it he ends up in the foster system for a while, and then out of the foster system. And so by the time he goes to college, I mean, mm. it's amazing that he even made it to college. He ended up having one social worker... That took particular interest in his case because he was a really smart guy. And he got a full scholarship to college. And I can't remember which college it was, but it was a prestigious college. It wasn't just a, you know, community college or something. It was, you know, a good college. And, um, you know, took enough interest that, you know, got him the, the scholarships and everything else and didn't force him to talk about things that he didn't want to talk about and all of this stuff. And I should also mention that during his youth, he's also hit by a car and he's oh. severely injured. So he is almost like disabled because he mm. can't, he has a permanent limp and um, he just, and he has, all, he's, he has health issues, a lot mm. of health issues. Some of them from other things, some of them from this, from this car accident. So, you know, 
the social workers, you know, drill him all the time. And he's not going to tell him anything because he doesn't know if he can trust him. I mean, look at uh-huh. his life up until now. You wouldn't trust anyone if this was you. And this one social worker gets in the scholarship, um, tries to get him to go to a psychologist, you know, to work out some or a psychiatrist, I guess it would be. I don't know. Anyway, somebody to help him work through his problems. And um, because, you know, by this time he's, you know, cutting himself and doing self-injury type things. And um, he almost starts warming up to her a little bit. And then she dies of cancer. Oh, jeez. But she's already put in place the scholarship. So he still goes to, you know, to college. And that's where he meets these other individuals and they have a huge impact on his life. Oh. The, the people that he meets in college. And it's just just his journey from this horribly awful, couldn't even imagine it, childhood to meeting these people who change his life and to see his growth. You're kind of you're happy and you also just want to yell at him because you're like, don't be like this. These yeah. people are trying to help you. You can't. I, I don't, It was one of those kind of books, like like that one on Facebook that you posted that says you just have to lay down your when your character it does something stupid and you just have to lay down your book and walk away for a while. Yes. yes. Yeah. This was yes. that book because oh. it was just it was where you can't look. It's so awful that you can't look. I yeah. do that with movies. I have to shut it off and walk away for a yeah. while. It's it's one of those ones, that, you know, you when you pause, it's almost like you... <sighs> I mean, you feel almost drained a little bit because it's so emotional. And I know, Martha, you do not like those books. <laughs> she does too secretly. No, not that kind. Yeah. No. This Gold would fish. be... Well, that's true. That's Goldfinch was pretty. No, it's not. You can't. <laughs> well, there was a cool mystery involved in that. It a wasn't, little bit. It wasn't not much. Yeah, there was in the beginning. That's what sucked me in. <laughs> no, it was pretty emotional. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> Keep going. But, I'm not reading that, though. I mean, okay. I, I don't want to say too much more because I don't want to tell you what happens in the book. And I don't want to give away too many because it's one of those books that when you're reading, you're like, <gasps> Oh, my God. (laughs) You know, I don't want to give away the holy shit moments that uh, are in the book, but it's just it was beautifully written. The um, author has a great way of pulling you into the story and making you care about these these this group of friends who meet in college and they're going through their life. And there isn't enough about the other ones that, you know, what's happening in their life. Mm hmm. But the main focus is on the one character. And I, I don't know. It was definitely a book hangover kind of thing. It was a good book. I enjoyed it. I mean, it was sad. Like I said, it almost made me cry. Anything that you can said make it me, did make you cry. I said almost. Oh. I mean, I teared a little. Martha <laughs> just really wants you to cry. I know, apparently. She want me to cry. Don't make me cry. It's just not a good thing. I know. <laughs> crying sucks. I don't like crying. Mm. I'm an ugly crier. Yeah, my face gets all splotchy. Whoo! And I'm not pretty to start with, so you can imagine. Oh, you're beautiful, honey. 
I mean, <clears throat> pretty enough for me to take you to the last chance prom. Stop winking at me. God, we have people in the room. Jeez. Get a room. No, I don't want a room. I was like, mm, really? No. No. I'm not switching teams. You have a pretty great husband. I don't blame I do. you there. Yeah. Uh. Anyways, it's called... A Little Life by Hanya Yana Gehera. Just saying, if you want something that's going to make you cry a little bit, read You know, some book. people watch Beaches for that reason. Yeah. Beaches makes me ball every time I watch the goddamn thing. I don't watch it anymore. The only movie that I can remember that made me actually cry, cry is, um, what was the name of that movie? Meg Ryan was in it. Sleepless it in Seattle? No. No. But for the record, it is Love Actually season. I love Love Actually. That's on Netflix. She does too like romances. That's not so much a romance (laughs) as it is just so British. If that was an American show, I'd probably hate it. I love British people. She is so confusing. I do. I love British people. I really do. I I don't know what it is. They're just so (laughs) cuddly or something. I don't know. I really love British people. You're weird. I know. I'm a contradictory individual. I'm a zebra among horses. Just so you when know, a man loves people. a woman, that's what the name of that stupid movie is. What? But when a man loves a woman. Oh, the I, one, she was a drinker, closet drinker, wasn't she? She was an alcoholic. Yeah. And I actually cried a contact out <gasps> in the movie theater when I watched that for the first time. Wow. Now, I mean, if you I know anything about it. me, that is so unusual. <laughs> But wow. I did. Then I had to ride home, you know. Oh, one eye. <laughs> you had to do the old pirate drive. Yeah, I had to drive like a pirate. <laughs> but anyways, okay. All right. J.O., it's your turn, baby. All right. All right. Seraphine and the Black Cloak by Robert Beattie. And it's about, it's a middle grade book because the children are, the children of the wealthy Biltmore estate are being abducted by, during the night. The adults are terrified, yet clueless, only a 12-year-old girl named Seraphina uh, who lives sickly in the basement with the mechanic father knows that it's a mysterious guy, the man in the cloak who's doing it. And she finds him because she lives secretly in the basement. Her uh, father uh, doesn't want anybody to know so she's alive. So she wears like his old shirts and she lives in their basement. No one knows she's there. So at night she comes out and she oh. rats for, for the, for the, for their estate. And so as she's hunting her rats, she comes across this, guy in this black cloak and he absorbs this girl and then she tries to attack her and she runs away because she knows her way around in the dark oh whoa yeah it's pretty crazy and then she meets sounds like a very sci-fi-ish fantasy novel yeah 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 he absorbs absorbs her he absorbs her and then he goes on like every night he hunts and he absorbs all these children and then she comes across the the nephew of the Vanderbilt's uh, Raiden and they go on this um, journey trying to figure out who's doing it. And it leads her into the forest where she's forbidden to go. Ooh. Her father says, you can't go in there because something about her past is there. And they'll come and get her. So, of course, you know. She has to go in. She has to go in. And then it kind of leads, it leads and she discovers, you know, where her mother is and everything about her. And I'm, cool. It's pretty cool. She has it a mysterious. Cool. I mean, not for she me, has a for mis- other people. She has a mysterious <laughs> past. Yes. Yes, the ending is very surprising. I didn't expect, expect it at all. I was like, huh, okay, that's different. Now, um, 
How old is she again? She is um, 12 years old. Okay. She has amber eyes. And they said, the way they describe her, she's a mane like lion like hair. That's how oh. they describe her. And she so that would slinks. be Bonnie's hair. Bonnie's got lion like hair. I've got very big hair. Except for her hair is a little more curly than a lion. Hers oh, is- if I try to rough it up, I bet you I'd look like a lion. Yeah. Or like a witch. <laughs> <laughs> The lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Hey. <laughs> it was a fun read. I really liked it. It was well written. It was it was entertaining. Is how long is it? Is it a long book? Short book? Uh it's in middle grade, so not not too long. So it's for younger. It's yeah. designed for younger kids. Yes, it is. There's oh, nothing okay. nothing too grotesque. But I mean, it gets on the line where they are absorbing people. And I was like, gonna say that sounds pretty damn grotesque. And to there me. is some scary scenes, but it's like. Not not too much. Not it, blood it, and not, guts. Not and blood and guts. It, it plays the line pretty well. So it's not graphic. No, it's not graphic. So it, it would like be a okay. Cool, cool book to read out loud to to your kids, maybe? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, older kids. Yes, yeah, definitely older kids. Or, I was well, like, something that would be good for like a, like a 12-year-old. Yeah. 12 or 13. Because, you know, there seems like there's a gap. You have... There really is. Kids mm. books, and then you have young adult books... But yeah. young adult is really designed for people that are, or kids that are like between 16 and I'll say 23. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. It's a and big we, we discovered that when we were doing our library, our li- our newly appointed librarian went through and separated right. the oh. books into two different categories. The ones that were actual easy reader, younger, you know, kids. And then the middle grade is a separate section now. And then young adult. Yeah. And that's the way it should be. But there aren't Mm -hmm. a lot of books that fall into that category. Yeah. And Uh I think that's probably one of the reasons why, like when we were younger, like we went from reading, you know, Green Eggs and Ham to your mom's Danielle Steele book. (laughs) Well, that was you, Bonnie. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) (laughs) learning way more than any 13 year old should know. (laughs) Mommy, what does motorboating mean? I just remember going to Borders and Barnes and Noble, and any book I picked up, my mom was like, "Let me read the back of this first (laughs) before you can have it." I just went in and took them off my mom's bookshelf. I didn't ask permission. I guess maybe I should have. Sometimes, sometimes it's better to apologize later than to ask permission. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just gonna put this back and not let her know that I read it. Yeah, so that's, I loved Scooby-Doo mm. as a kid. So anything that sort of falls into that mysterious, otherworldly type yeah. category, those are really fun reads. Mm-hmm. Um, when Robbie was here, she she uh, reviewed a book that sort of fell into that category. I actually bought that one. I haven't read it yet. I don't remember what it's called. Nevermore? Yeah. Oh, was that good? Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't read it. I haven't oh. read it yet. I bought it. Based on Robbie's review, and I just haven't gotten around reading it because my list is like, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. it looks interesting. I've almost picked up a couple times. Yeah, and I think that's being made into a movie as well too. Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so give us the title and artist of your book again. Seraphine and the Black Cloak, and the um, author was Robert Beatty. Okay, Nicole. I almost made you guys pick what I should review: a memoir or historical fiction. Oh, and then, but uh, then you decided to just make your own choice. I guess I still can't decide, but I'm just going with this one. 
Just pick. We'll we'll take whatever you give us, Nicole. Okay, so I'm going to do historical fiction this time, give you guys a little break okay. from my memoirs and my positivity. Oh, that's right. The positivity, that's two weeks in a row now. We do need a little change. Oh, whatevs. <laughs> I'm going to start sending you motivational quotes every day. <laughs> Along with your Christmas pictures? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so uh, this one, a lot of people have been talking about it because it was a book of the month choice in October. And it's called The Clockmaker's Daughter. And I really enjoyed this for several reasons. One, I enjoy historical fiction. And two, this has so many different pieces to it. And there are so many people... From different periods of time, talking, like giving their point of view, that and it kind of makes this book unfold. So it's mm. really interesting. And I don't know where the author's from, but she has really um, correct writing, like oh. grammatic, like it's almost precise. Yes, precise. Uh, just she writes so. Who is the author? Like uh, proper. It's uh, it's the clockmaker's daughter by Kate Morton. Yeah, proper. Right, her writing is very proper, but it makes it really pretty. Like I don't oh. know if that makes sense. It does yeah, make it sense. Does make it's sense. a bit like watching <laughs> British historical fiction. And I think she actually is mm. British, so that's probably Maybe why. Maybe that's why. Yeah. But mm. um, anyways, okay. So the first part of the story um, kind of follows this group of artists, and it mainly follows one. His name's Edward Radcliffe. Radcliffe. It's actually a really popular name for famous people. But uh, in this uh, book, he's um, a prominent artist, up and coming. Like he's just kind of gotten famous working on his next piece of art. Everybody's kind of waiting for it to come out. Everybody expects it to be like this groundbreaking thing. Mm -hmm. Well, he ends up going to this house he bought with a group of friends and at the beginning of the book, it tells you they let when they left, his heart was broken, one woman was dead, and the other was missing. So you have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> and so it switches perspective fairly often. Hmm. So then you start getting the perspective of this one girl, and you really, I'm going to give this away, but it's really like in towards the beginning of the book but she's a ghost hmm. so you figure out she's one of the dead people or Whoa, a dead my person mind just got blown here what so it's giving you the perspective of this ghost okay and she you figure out that like very quickly so i'm not get, just not giving anything away very quickly she is a ghost on this property of the house in which like whatever happened with this artist people these artist people like that's where she's from. She's on this house at this house. If that makes sense. Okay. The ghost. Yes. Like from previous from something happened to people who lived there previously and she's a ghost from that situation. You don't you don't know where she's from. She you just know she's a ghost at the house. This this house and this house was <clears throat> in the last perspective that you were reading of the artist people that went to hang out at this house for like uh -huh. a summer. Oh, so in the like, artist people are previous are are current. No. Okay. So, right, never yeah, mind. hold on. Just let me get through this. Okay. <laughs> so then you get to current. You get another perspective. And it's this um, girl who lives with her father. And she's about to get married. 
she doesn't really know if she loves this dude, but he seems like a nice guy. But her mother was super famous um, as a piano artist, and but her mother died huh. um, in a car crash, and she is just kind. Of, she's trying to go through the, this wedding and everything, but at, she finds um, she's an archivist, oh. so she finds like under a desk. It's not even archived. A box, and inside the box is a journal, <gasps> and or, or like a sketchbook journal, mm-hmm. and a picture of this beautiful woman. So she's trying to figure out like where these people, these pictures came from, and it's in. She does archives for this specific guy. Um, um, okay, and so she starts investigating, like. Who is this beautiful woman? Because she also wants to figure out how this relates to the guy that she's technically trying to archive all of his his things um, throughout history mm-hmm. from him. And so um, she starts realizing like it's connected to this house that we're going back to, um, which is actually called Birchwood Manor, by the way. Um, but uh, sh- so she starts re- researching about Birchwood Manor and who lived there and all of this stuff. And then you're, you start flipping back to the ghost and her she starts kind of giving you pieces of, A, what's going on right now, which is um, that the Birchwood Manor at this time is kind of like a museum, mm-hmm. but they also allow artists or people to come and live there for short wow. periods of time to study um, Edward Radcliffe right. and his history. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a guy living there and she is, the ghost is kind of following him and she's really interested in this guy and she feels like he, he's a good person, <laughs> but she's also trying to figure out what he's doing, like what he's doing at this house. Cause people don't just show up and want to live at this manor that's ancient. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then you go back to, um, the story of the artists and you kind of start to get pieces of the puzzle um, and how really Edward Radcliffe had fallen in love with this girl. And he, even though he's engaged to marry some other girl. Oh, of course you have to have oh. the love triangle. And then they go on to this, this, he had bought this Birchwood Manor because he had always like, as a child, he ended up at this house and he felt like he was safe there mm. ever since he, like, so he somehow bought it. Cool. So he takes all his artist friends out there and then something happens. And so you figure out like the way she pieces together so many different things. Hmm. Like you get the ghosts complete like life background, like her childhood, which is completely fucked up (laughs) because she. Well, okay, so um, the ghost was. Her father. um had kind of run out of money, was an alcoholic, was having trouble making, like, getting a job. Mm-hmm. And like, ang- like, I don't know, like, 1600s or 1800s. So, 1800 London. And so he decides he wants to go to America, but she gets sick. And so he can't afford to, like, he's out of money. He can't afford to wait for her to heal. So he ends up giving her to these, like, people who buy children. Cripes! <laughs> you guys have... Such a depressing, <laughs> Jesus! But they didn't do anything bad to her. But they made her steal to like make her 
And like she would bring, so she would go pickpocket people in Times Square. She would pretend she was a little girl who was lost. Um, and she, she would pickpocket uh, men or women and then bring her whatever she won that day, bring it back. And it's like Oliver Twist. Mm. And they told her she, they were selling whatever she stole and sending the money to her father so that one day he could bring her to America. Which was a lie. <laughs> and anyways, so she grows up. And you kind of figure out, like, like her job kind of evolves because she can't pretend to be a little lost girl her mm-hmm. entire life. and then, mm-hmm. But she still has to pickpocket. And then she meets some interesting people. And then, like, eventually she meets Edward Radcliffe. And it's just, like, this huge story. And it is oh. so, like, perfectly entwined. And there are so many details, like, from all these different viewpoints that, like, mix together. It was really interesting. Hmm. Wow, sounds complex. And I really lo- enjoyed the story, but I do have to say the only thing I didn't like, because she did such a good job, and you can tell she obviously spent a lot of time thinking about this, and this was not something that was just like... Slapped together? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like the ending was rushed. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which I, I'm not usually too picky about things like that. Usually I can... Uh, I can justify it. Like, mm-hmm. the author did this for a reason. Mm-hmm. They want you to, like, go and imagine things. But she, like, fills in everything. But then... I just it's like, like, oh, my God, I have to finish slap a bow on it. Was no, that what it was not like? really slap a bow on it. She, like, just kind of, like, she tucked in all her corners. Yeah, that's what I meant. But yeah. And then I, I just kind of wish there was a bow on it. Oh, Maybe. I know. Okay, so... I don't, I don't know if that it makes sense. It closed it off, but it wasn't yeah. a good ending. Okay. Well, it was a good ending. It was just not, I wanted, it wasn't I wanted her to elaborate. Oh, okay. Like, but it, I don't know. I really loved, it was kind of fun reading it. And then especially when you get to the end and you're like, holy shit. Like she literally gave us all of these answers and you kind of didn't hmm. catch them at, because you didn't know how any, how any of this was connected at the time. Huh. So I don't know. I thought it was fascinating. But it's called The Clockmaker's Daughter by Kate Morton. Okay. Well, obviously, since J.O. is here, you know I'm going to review her book. Well, first of all, let me tell you how I found it. You'd heard me talk about SoonerCon. I love SoonerCon. I'm a big old geek, and I go every year, and I walk the whole thing. And there are always a lot of local authors there. So I thought to myself, you know what? There's got to be some local authors that I can read. Mm-hmm. But you guys know how picky I am. You are pretty picky. I'm very picky. And I went through and as I saw all the different books, first of all, it was the cover. Second of all, it was the first page. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I mean, I had to decide what to pick up. Right. Yeah, I know. I'm so because there are a lot of books there. So if if you can get me in the first page, then you've got me. And yours was the only book. Wow. That I that I bought that day. No, actually, I bought uh, Redneck Haikus that day, too. That but that was, doesn't really count. No, that doesn't really count. Because <laughs> that was... That's just for your redneck wannabe side. Yeah, that was just for, <laughs> you know, the accent that Nicole loves so much. Please, God, never do that accent again. <laughs> so, anyway, um, and I especially um, was looking at the time for horror stuff. Hmm. <laughs> And J.O.'s cover has a picture of a hand that's kind of cracked. 
and it has a chain around the wrist and stuff. So I thought, okay, this must be horror. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of picked it up, you know, and I read the first the first page and then I've sort of got it home and put it in my little pile of stuff. So then J.O. sent me a message and she was like, we met at the SoonerCon. And then it was like, oh crap, I got to read that. But um, I did read it and it's called Freaks by J.O. Young. And this is episode one, The Guardian. Well, it's really, really thin. I mean, like super, super thin. Um, and I should have just bought all of them at the time. But I, I have all of them for you. I bought. Oh, them. do you? I brought all you guys the complete set. Woo! Awesome. <laughs> well, I was just a little confused as to because when I picked it up, I thought, okay, this is really skinny. I usually don't like short work. Okay, I I never like short work. <laughs> it's kind of like when you eat a mini Snickers. It's like okay, that's not enough. Snickers. That is not enough, and All you don't that have did any was more. Piss me off. Where's my whole king size Snickers? <laughs> that's exactly how I felt when I was reading this book. In fact, I got on the I got on the computer and sent her a message and said, "Where's the rest of it?" <laughs> so uh, I suppose I should kind of give you an overview of what what it's about. I'm kind of getting the idea. Like I said, it's really short, so I didn't really get enough of it to really get the feeling I would have liked. But there are the normals, Mm -hmm. which are basically people like you and I. And then you have the freaks, which are people with wings, Mm -hmm. like angelish type people, except for they are imprisoned and enslaved. I know. It is really sad. And this, the one girl, the, I'm terrible with names. What's her name? Well, she doesn't really have a name at that's first. That's right. Okay, that's right. She's a number. Freak 745-472-793. All right, so she's in this mine, which is the other thing that caught me, because mm-hmm. she's mining for gemstones. And you know what huh. a rock freak I am, so I'm like, <laughs> yeah. okay, this is it. But anyway, um, so she's in there mining, and she ends up, getting the shit beat out of her mm-hmm. by these assholes that are that have like they have different tribes down there sort of gangs so the freaks have different yeah gangs? The, yeah okay so and she gets saved by one of the guards well mm-hmm. we find out that this guard kind of has a secret life and he's kind of um has a soft heart for the freaks hmm. and so he kind of kind of takes her under his please don't give me a hard time about this wing <laughs> because he doesn't have wings but she does <laughs> so he talks about how beautiful her wings are and but you kind of get the picture of her being this scruffy dirty i, I got a picture of a bird rolled around in coal dust for some mm-hmm. reason you know just really bedraggled looking person because of where she's at mm-hmm. and she ends up being given a charge, a, a little boy to watch after. She becomes a guardian. And the guardian, as a guardian, she's supposed to teach him things and keep him out of trouble. And he's called Seven. She gives him a name, basically, because mm-hmm. you don't get one. Uh-huh. So he's really pleased about that. And he seems like a really sweet little, but you don't get enough <laughs> of it, you know, because it's such a short um it's just like a taste. Yeah, it's, that's exactly what it is. It's a mini Snickers. It's yeah. a, a mini, mini Snickers, Snickers over <laughs> here. It's so, a mini Snickers of the literary world. It is. <laughs> so so it gives you an introduction to the world. And I asked 
about that. And why don't you explain to, to me, Joe, the reason that you did it in such tiny little mini Snickers? So being a teacher, I see a lot of kids not want to pick up a book because it's lengthy. And they, even though they might like it, they, they just won't do it. Especially if they struggle to reading or they're just not big readers. So what I thought, well, you know, if I break this up into, you know, manageable chunks, they can read the book and complete it and feel a sense of accomplishment. And as they go through the series, they'll see, wow, I read this book that really was huge. And maybe next time they'll have more confidence, they'll pick up a, a bigger book. So, okay, you know, I read this. I can read a bigger book. And they'll just keep mm-hmm. getting more confidence as they, as they go. Which is really kind of a cool idea. It really is a cool idea. Because, as you know, young people, especially right now, everything is visually available to mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And to actually pick up a huge book and read it seems a lot harder for them than it did whoa, for us. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You what? can't say young people because I tried to give the goldfinch to our general manager and he was like, I ain't reading no 800 Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, there's a lot of adults that are like that too. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're and absolutely he's right. in his 50s or yes. 60s or something. And he really should read that book. Because yeah, I've had more than to. one person tell me before when I tell them about like Pillars of the Earth mm-hmm. or, you know... Um, so it's, uh, this is actually a good idea for anybody. Yeah, that, and they're like, you know, I thought about reading that, and I heard it was really good, but it's just, it's such a big book. I just don't know if I'm ready to tackle it. <sighs> I've heard that by, yeah. I've heard, mm-hmm. shoot, my own mother even told me that, because I bought her Pillars of the Earth at the Friends of the Library book sale, remember? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was the, I took her a whole bag of books, and it was the last one she read, and she told me it was because it was so huge that she was afraid to start it. So they're mm. just intimidated. So yeah. what yeah. you've done, J.O., is actually f- pretty brilliant. You've taken the intimidation factor away mm. because you read the mini Snickers and then you want another one. Mm-hmm. So you go back to the... And you're already hooked on the story by this time. The Halloween candy bag. And you <laughs> yeah. find you another mini sticker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a reason why they're in such big bags. <laughs> so the whole story is actually like 500 pages. So it's, Are you it's using a, a bill as a bookmark? Uh, I see yeah. a Cigna on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you use what's to hand. Yeah. <clears throat> now, I, was, I just underlined a section about the freaks in here. Okay. So she's talking and she says, I had to be re-educated to think oh no this is the guy uh i had to be re-educated on how to on how all normals were supposed to think freaks were not human they were animals a tool a resource something a resource something to be used and not loved so this is how this guy is supposed to feel Mm -hmm. and because he's a guard and he's supposed to treat these prisoners in a certain way, but he's actually got a heart, unlike a lot of his com- compatriots. He sees them as actual people. Right. Mm-hmm. So what he does is he, he basically takes her out of the mines and makes her a messenger. And she's never even flown. She doesn't even know how to use her wings. It's really kind of sad if you think about I it. I know. Which is why I will never have a pet bird. <laughs> <laughs> I had a pet bird. There was nothing wrong with my bird. Well, he had to live in a cage, though. Well, I used to let him try to fly around, but he would, it made him too nervous. Like, if he got out of his cage, I would seriously set his cage on the ground and I would open his door and prop but it that's open. That's so sad. And I would even just leave and so that he could get out and he would, like, just stay in the corner of his cage. 
and he was afraid to he didn't want to come out i know but that's Aww. so sad but and, anyway the the whole idea of you know you get to you get to watch her learn how to fly yeah you you see her grow as a person kind of like my book it's just with a sci-fi twist right so you get to watch her learn how to fly. She uses her wings. I like your description of um, how her muscle, her wing muscles are sore. Because when you don't use your muscles, it hurts like hell. Yeah. So she's trying to, you know, strengthen her muscles. And here she is, you know, she's up in the sky flying around. And she's like, oh, my muscles hurt. And then she looks <laughs> down and she sees mm. the ground below. It was just really cool. Very and impressive. I, thank that, you. It actually sounds like a sci-fi book that I might like. And, and that doesn't you know happen what? very often. This is actually here. You go. Well, are you are you done with it? Yeah, I'm finished. So many. Books. I read that in like got so many an hour and a half. I'm really a fast. <laughs> She's reader. really just trying to get you to pay her bills. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying the bills you put in here. That's a Cigna bill. That's my insurance. <laughs> you can pay that. I will um, put it with the rest of my bills that don't. Get here, paid. I can have that bill back. It's <laughs> actually just. Paid. I was going to say. I um, think it's that's, a. Confidential information. This is one of those things that they're like, um, life is hectic. Health and wellness don't always make it to the top of our to-do lists. Oh, this like is information on what you can talk to your doctor about. <laughs> yeah, I was going to throw it away and it was like, oh, here, bookmark. I like your little description. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe someday my wings will be useful. Yes, and she signed it for me too. So I have That's to have awesome. that back for my bookshelf. I'm, I'm really keen on making sure that we can find quality local artists and authors that we can welcome into our podcast. And I am a stickler for grammar and structure. And you did an excellent job of those oh, two you. things. It's, she won't read it. All the self-published oh, really? stuff that I've seen, I just can't. I get that first paragraph and I'm like, nope. I'm out. Sorry. I like you very much as a person, but I'm not reading this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So very, very nice. Um, once again, that was Freaks Episode 1, The Guardian by J.O. Young. In case you want to pick it up, you might want to get two or three because that many Snickers is not going to be enough. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got for the next ones? Uh, we have um, there's Messenger, Rebel, um, Prisoner, and then Sacrifice, the last one. Awesome. And I gave all you guys a book, so you'll have one. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> and is that all it's the like books? The whole thing. The whole series in yeah. one book. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Thank I love you. that. You're welcome. Well, thank you very all right. much. Well, well, I want to say thank you very much for joining us, too. I mean, gosh, you had to be brave to come on this show. <laughs> <laughs> That's been a lot of fun. I've had fun. Are we, are we kind of like the big books? <laughs> <laughs> we are kind of. Well, I have to. Oh, guess what? Guess who got her Goodreads challenge? Oh, Woo! yeah. When we were sitting at the library and I was posting on their Twitter account and stuff, she was sitting and reading llama books. <laughs> I, I actually, Oh, that's your New Year's resolution. I got my New Year's resolution. I got three out of the way. Oh, wow. How many do you have to read? I have to read five. Oh. I'm reading number four right now, which is The Last Chance Llama Ranch, which I have to apologize to the author of The Last Chance Llama Ranch because it does not suck. It's actually pretty funny. <laughs> I judged that book by the cover, and I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> so I'm reading that. But I got the Goodreads challenge out of the way, and it's only November 15th. So That was your 150 150, books. yep. I'm oh, a, wow. That's I'm awesome. at 151 right now, and I'm right in the middle, well, almost done with 152. So I'm at 54. Good job, Nicole. <laughs> See how much better you did this year than last year? 
Mm-hmm. That was really good. Okay, let me ask you. Hmm. When you do like those Goodreads challenges or whatever, do they have to be books that you've never read before or can you no, reread books? you can and- reread. Um, Goodreads doesn't care. What you do is like... Um, There's a second section at the bottom for when you read it. Uh, yeah, if you hit read or if you hit like read, you can change the date to like whatever date you read it. So like... Because I was kind of trying to think, you know, because I think next year I'm going to make my resolution for 100 books. But if I think about it... I think I've almost read 100 books this year. I think you probably have. Because I reread the whole Ken Follick series, all six of those books. I reread the Twilight series. I reread the three books that we did for our um, event, mm-hmm. which, by the way, we're having another one, January 26th. Come see us in person. At Full <laughs> Circle Bookstore. Yes. Um, And I reread a few other books, too, just because, you know, sometimes I'm, yeah. I get in a lull. I know for sure you can, because one time... Like, I was just adding a book I had read, like, I had just finished, and somehow I had marked it that I read it twice. So yeah. it'll even show you that you oh. wrote it twice. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. So it'll tell you, like, if you read it years ago, and then you put down, you just tell it the dates you read. So then it'll come up there twice. And I read some books that I didn't review because they were very sciencey. Mm-hmm. and I Yeah, didn't figure... that's all of the stuff on my Goodreads. I mean, I, <laughs> we only have 50, 52 books a you know, 52 in weeks, 52 so. weeks. So all of those other books don't ever get reviewed mm-hmm. for whatever reason. We have our Goodreads up on our. Well, I don't have mine updated. I didn't. You'll get it, though. Mine. You've got it on there at least, though. So that yeah, people at can, least it started so that people if I can, can remember follow you. my password next time. I follow us on Goodreads. <laughs> Go check out our website, which is three dot com with the number three. Oh, yes. Yeah. With the number three. Numeral three. Bookgirls. Three dot com. And if you need something else to look up, check out nicknick.blog. And we have Nick Nick's blog on our website also. So mm-hmm. if and you Kayla's. Go, oh, yeah. And Kayla's. So if you go to Reader our, Them Blogger. our website, you can go to Kayla's. You can go to Nick Nick's. Um, there's also our Twitter and our Facebook. I mean, it's like one-stop shopping. It's like Black and Friday soon, on web. <laughs> what I'm hoping is that we can get our cups on there before Black Friday. All right. And by the way, Kayla just redid her blog and it looks really amazing. So if you haven't checked it out, you should definitely go check it out. Reader than blogger. Reader than blogger dot wordpress dot com. I knew there was something else on there, too. So I think I'm going to go look up some cool stuff on Urban Dictionary now for our next podcast. Yeah, because Mm -hmm. there are so many things. I mean, I know what motorboating means, but there are so many. You can um, uh, look up and see why teabagging doesn't necessarily involve hot water. (laughs) <laughs> it might you never know <laughs> have you looked up what that means uh okay anyway <laughs> <laughs> okay so next time on three book girls we look at urban dictionary <laughs> oh god well, i don't know about that there's some really dirty stuff on there <laughs> <laughs> and that's gonna do it for three, three book, book girls can't get enough of three book girls Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.